Welcome to Marketing Thought Leadership, the podcast that offers insightful discussions on thought-provoking marketing topics. Here's the host of our show, marketing consultant, speaker, author, and educator, and the president of L2M Associates, Linda Popke. Hi, this is Linda Popke, and welcome to our latest episode of Marketing Thought Leadership. We are here today with Celeste Bishop of Bishop Market Resources. That's a firm that helps companies, organizations, and individuals build a successful web presence with their website and their blog as the hub driving their business growth. Now, Celeste has a wealth of experience. She's had her own uh, company since 1998. Uh, before that, she worked for AT&T, AT&T, first in their Consumer Communications Competitive Analysis Organization and with several other roles as well. Her customer base today ranges from Fortune 100 companies to high-tech startups and nonprofits. She's a frequent public and corporate speaker and an author whose experience ranges from, gee, in-house seminars, keynote speeches, public-private conferences. She's been featured in the Wall Street Journal, the Lehrer NewsHour, and the National Public Radio programs, among other places. So it's with great pleasure that I welcome Celeste Bishop. Hi, Celeste. Hi, Linda. Thanks so much. Oh, great. I'm glad you're here. Okay, so tell us, you're going to talk to us a little bit today about online reputation management and the program that you started. Tell us a little bit about why you started a program in this area. Well, it's pretty interesting because I started this program because clients kept asking for it and new clients kept coming to me saying, you know, what can I do? I've got a problem here. Um, Help me with this, 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 and this. And some of the problems that they were coming to me with were, you know, pretty substantial in terms of what it was potentially doing and in fact doing to their business success. So over a period of time, I came to realize that with the advent of social media, new situations were arising in terms of how companies and individuals' reputations were being um, dealt with online that really needed to be addressed. That's great. So this must be something you get a lot of questions about. What is the thing that you hear most? What is the question people ask about online reputation management? (laughs) I'm laughing because, you know, the most, uh, it's almost universally the single question that people come to me with, and that is, can you get this off of Google? Ah. Yeah, everybody wants it off of Google. and, And that's really pretty interesting, Linda, because the fact of the matter is, even if you could get it off of Google, um, it really still is out there because with some some minor exceptions, Google really doesn't publish their own information. They're republishing information that they've located in other places around the Internet, and that includes a host of new um, sites that have popped up that are specifically designed to render opinions on businesses. You find, um, like Judy's List, for instance, that gives you um, citizen journalist opinions on their local, your local plumbers, your local doctors, all kinds of things like that. Health Grades is another one that is not a citizen journalist so much, but it is a, a place where opinions on major health, health facilities are online. And all of this is becoming such a big deal that people are becoming aware of it, and they're going to these sites so that businesses now have to deal with it. They are finding over and over again that whether they are a consumer-driven business or a B2B business, that people are actually looking online to see what other folks have said about them in these forums. Interesting, yeah, and, and 
it, everything from Yelp, where you can say whether, gee, I like the pizza where I had dinner, right? I mean, there's all kinds of places to Amazon where we talk about, do I like the book or the author? I mean, so this happens more and more all the time. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Yelp because Yelp's kind of an interesting um, case study here in and of itself. Yelp, um, for those of you who don't know what Yelp is, Yelp, um, as to your point, is, is a place where you can go and render opinions about a restaurant or, you know, all kinds of different things where citizen journalists, again, people like you and me and anybody who has an opinion about a business can go and put it on Yelp. And that really makes or breaks some businesses that are out there. And the problem was that the businesses that were getting the reviews had no recourse. They would contact Yelp and say, well, you know, this review is wrong or it is just outrageous. You know, um, I want you to work with me on this. And, And Yelp was turning a deaf ear to them. And some of the requests were really kind of, you know, heartbreaking when you think about it. You would hear um, uh, one of the great case studies, I think it was written up in the New York Times, was how a restaurant that didn't even serve a a particular kind of food was being, you know, getting a really negative review, kind of snarky review for something that they've never, in fact, served. And when they contacted Yelp and say, hey, we don't even have that here, you know, you've got a factually incorrect review on there, Yelp wasn't listening to them. And over a period of time, um, a lot of businesses started, you know, really forming their own opinion about Yelp and um, creating a big online reputation issue for Yelp, the Yelp was forced to manage. And at the front part of the year in particular, you would find the Yelp executives all over the place in the media trying to substantiate the approach that they were taking. And finally, they kind of acquiesced and they allowed now the businesses to actually go and potentially um, adjust some of the reviews or do some other things related to, um, you know, uh, responding or getting things that are factually incorrect off of there. Um, and one of the larger issues that the businesses were having with Yelp had to do with their perception that Yelp was basically extorting um, them to buy advertising for them in return for good reviews, which oh, has I never been substantiated. So I don't want to start that rumor. Right, right. But it just goes to show you how confusing it is to an average business in terms of how to deal with this and how um, difficult it can be. And in this case, it even caught up the online reputation management company of Yelp, and they had to adjust their standard practices of doing business to be able to salvage their online reputation and, and still have a business. Wow. So what's the biggest mistake that you see that companies or organizations are doing in this area? They're waiting too long to become involved. Wow. And if there's one piece of advice that I give to anybody who's listening to this, don't wait until you have a problem. I mean, I would say probably everybody that has come to our business has come because of a problem. And in one particular case, we had um, a a company come to us that actually had a problem that had existed for, I think it was eight years online. And, you know, your ability to fix things when you're so entrenched and they're in so many databases on so many places on the Internet um, after that length of time is, is really bad. But the second thing, after ignoring it, that companies do that really is bad is they put gas on the fire. And then by that I mean they do things like um, try to respond to for tat kind of thing or, you know, go overboard in their response on it. And that then creates a whole new wave of publicity around it and kind of keeps their name out there in a negative sense. So, you know, it, it becomes a problem. 
And and then behind those two, I'm going to say one more thing, and that is that companies that are responding to their problems online in classic um, marketing response or public relations response um, approaches are going to find that that doesn't work very well. So if you're looking at the Tylenol, I guess it was Tylenol um, a couple of decades ago now, that had a problem where somebody was um, tainting their stuff and, and they you know, really got out in front of it, and they acknowledged it, and they handled it. It was regarded as a masterful uh, handling of a crisis situation by many. And that was good then, but it is not the model that will work in an online reputation management problem. Interesting. So I know, Celeste, you like to break things down to their most basic components and then organize around them. Is there a framework, then, that you could give us that might help those listening understand a little bit better how to approach this? Um, I like to break it down into two major um, components. I like to break it down into proactive reputation management and reputation damage control. And I find that, you know, it it is helpful to just start parsing things that way right away because people can get confused, especially if they see something that is in the damage control area. You really want to start putting into place a proactive reputation monitor management system that monitors and tells you when things are happening that allows you to find out what's going on early on and get ahead of it before it becomes a major, major problem. So in the proactive reputation management area, you need a monitoring system, and that monitoring system can be something that you are doing on a manual basis online. Um, and when I say manual, it's you know, it's it's not all that manual, I mean, but it doesn't have an automated um, kerplunk that goes into everything and, and, and acts a certain kind of activity. Um, you really need to get yourself a reputation baseline established um, and, and really start getting out there and understanding what's going on with you, and I would recommend also with your major competitors. But then if you look at the reputation um damage control area, you really have to do a damage assessment. And by that, usually you need to go and do a reverse engineering. Because if you've got a a reputation damage issue that you're working on, then basically it's coming up with keywords that are triggering it. And the keywords may be your name, maybe your business's name, or maybe a product name, or maybe something even more generic. So you really have to get at all the different ways that that issue keeps showing up and then reverse engineer on it and see what kind of a plan you can put in place to either um, contain it or repair it entirely. Wow. So how do you go about repairing a damaged reputation? Because one of the things I tell my clients is that the web is enduring, not endearing. And once you get something out there, it's like you mentioned, it could go off of Google, but it's there somewhere. I mean, there's even a time machine that shows us what was on the web at any given time. So oh, sure, the Wayback Machine, that's what you're referring machine. to, right? Yep, the Wayback Machine, yep. Exactly. <laughs> Sherman and the Wayback Machine are, are there, and you're right, it's going to be out there for a long time. Well, and, and that's, you know, first of all, any any company that is of any size is going to have a reputation issue at some point or another. Right. It's, it's just a given. Um, because, unfortunately, um, this whole notion of citizen journalists who can go and do whatever they want, are doing that um, in a way that doesn't have the normal checks and balances that existed prior to this happening. So, you know, they're out there, they have no fact-checking going on, there's no editorial constraint on them, there's 
potentially anonymity, although some sites require that you register and, and can't go anonymously. And then there's this multiplier effect to, you know, your point about the Wayback Machine. You know, the Wayback Machine shows things that are going on in the past, but it also has the uh, potential of having an incredibly fast multiplier effect. So, you know, you really need to take a look at, at exactly what's going on and manage the situation in a way that is, is commensurate with the level of problem that you have. And the most frequent way to actually get ahead of that is to start creating your own um, publicity and your own level of content out there that essentially drowns what is being uh, said about you. That makes sense. Yep. That's great. Now, what, you said that some people put their kind of heads in the sand and ignore it. Besides ignoring this, what is the worst thing you could do in this type of situation? Um, ignoring it is 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 really bad, but waiting for time to heal all wounds is is the worst thing that you can do because you know when you've got things like the wayback machine and the multiplier effect of so and so can tell five people who tell five more people, right. there's just no way that you can let that one fester and go on out there. You have to really address it. Um, so I know that it's painful and. If you know human human um, nature being what it is, at least what it is with me, it's easier to kind of ignore things that you really don't want to pay attention to. Well, here's one case where ignoring it will almost certainly make sure that it becomes larger and larger and more difficult to solve. So you really have to address it instead of putting your head in the sand and. You address it by finding you know some some resources to help you to address it, and you need to find resources that understand, like I said, how to do this as it relates to the internet as opposed to the classic crisis response methodology in a more classic or traditional marketing or publicity um, time in our in our um, business world. You know, Celeste, it's interesting because as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking it, it's almost like a medical thing. If you find a lump somewhere, it doesn't belong, and you ignore it, um, by the time you, you are in such pain that it's, it's really causing a problem, it's systemic, it's spread, and, and, you know, you may not be able to save yourself. And in a sense, that's sort of what you're saying here is if you can find these things early, you can kind of take care of them before they become like a growth or a cancer on your reputation. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned medical, Linda, because actually a couple of my um, con uh, of our clients are in the healthcare business, and um, they really have a problem um, because you know there's confidentiality here. So you've got a case where um, a medical practitioner or a hospital or whatever um, is being besmirched on the internet, um, sometimes by people that are known and sometimes anonymously, and the you know ethical boundaries that they work in will create a situation where they can't really defend themselves all that well. So it's an interesting proposition for them and I would say probably a good 25 to you know 25 to maybe even a 25% to a third of my practice is based on healthcare problems that wow. that um these individuals are having and they're very profound because yep. people more and more today are going online to find out about a doctor or about a healthcare medical facility what's the reputation exactly and sure. they're making their assessments on that and that's very unfortunate right um, that information may not be correct well, not correct, and they're not really able to defend themselves that well, so it becomes a much more tricky problem for them exactly. to resolve. 
So what recommendations do you have for someone who's just getting a handle on this area? Is there something you can tell us? Uh, it sounds a little bit overwhelming, but if I'm just getting started, what can I do? I would say for companies or individuals that are just getting started, what you want to do is put in place at least a rudimentary monitoring system. I mean, even doing that is a huge advantage. As a matter of fact, I just finished with a client group a few um, hours ago that's in the healthcare industry, and we're putting a monitoring system in place for them, and we're using free online tools to do that. And it's coming in to one individual within that company, and this company has, I don't know, dozens of different locations um, across a multi-state area. Um, but one individual is the accountable, responsible individual within the organization. And what we've done is we've set up a feed coming in on Google Alerts, and Google Alerts is free where you can set it up with your company name, with key um, names of um, um, officers, you know, or anybody within right. your company that is well-known as a public figure associated with your company. Sometimes a company has a spokesperson that's out there talking a lot. You want to monitor on that name as well as the name of the officers and and the product line. And, um, you know, take a look at it on a periodic basis and see what is happening. And I would also recommend putting in there uh, the competitors because if you find information uh, relating to competitors, you may actually be finding something that would give your sales team something that they can leverage um, if there's if there's truth behind it, that is. Right. That's the most basic thing that anybody could do is to start out building that system. And what they're going to find is, um, in addition to staying ahead of their reputation management issues, that there's going to be all of these unforeseen um, results that will come from it in terms of information that comes in that is helpful to the organization. So once that gets established over a period of time, then the company can take a, uh, a judgment on, on the value of it and see if they want to ratchet it up to something that is more automated, more robust, more formal, and more institutionalized within their business. Great. Well, this is terrific. I really appreciate your time. Uh, as we're, we're kind of finishing up here, can you tell me, Celeste, are there any resources that you could mention for those listening? Sure. There's a lot of resources out there now. I mean, this is a major, major issue for businesses. Um, so a whole bunch of resources are, are being made available for this. Um, there's one out there that I really love. I think it was actually um, built for teachers to identify when students were um, – plagiarizing papers that they were handing oh, in. <laughs> it's called Copyscape. Oh, interesting. Copyscape. C-O-P-Y-S-C-A-P-E. Oh, Copyscape.com. Okay. And you can um, set up something so that it monitors um, things that are out there for you. And I think there's a small monthly fee on it. It's not much of anything at all. Um, you can establish RSS feeds and set up RSS feeds to um, go out there and review different um, trade journals or um, sites where you know that your your um, um, prospects and customers go to to see if you find any mention. You could take a look at another um, monitoring automated monitoring system um, that I like is Copernic Tracker. Um, there's another one called um, Buzz Monitor, and Buzz Monitor is really interesting. Buzz Monitor was um, developed by the World Bank, and they have 
put it out there and made it available for everybody to use now. So those are just a few of, of what are essentially dozens and dozens of resources. Oh, and I mentioned Google Alert. Right. Um, Google yep. Alert is, is pretty much where I would start for most companies. Yeah, exactly. Free, very easy to do, very easy to monitor and set up. So You could set it up to uh, dump into your um, email on a, a whatever frequency that you want, and depending on how you know aggressive your your business is and your industry sector is, you may want it to be there every day, or you may want to look at it once a week. Right. Well, that's great. Well, thank you, Celeste. This has been very helpful. We've been chatting with Celeste Bishop of Bishop Market Resources. Celeste's website is www.bishopmarketresources.com. She also has a blog on competing, uh, which you can find uh, on her, re- on her uh, website as well. And thank you again, Celeste. This has been great. Thanks, Linda. It was great chatting with you. We really appreciate it. Until next time, this is Linda Popke from Marketing Thought Leadership. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Marketing Thought Leadership, brought to you by L2M Associates. If you'd like to find out how you can improve the return on your investment in marketing programs, processes, or people, contact us at www.l2massociates.com.